All right, everybody. Welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, November 21st. Fuck it. It's Arafi. We're doing it live in studio. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat, also in studio. And Clayton, big weekend. This was the weekend of a lot of new releases, and we were excited to talk about these results, and the results are in. So why don't you give us a plow for the weekend of Friday, November 18th? Number one. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, made $67.3 million, down 63%. It is at $287.9 million in its second weekend. Number two, Anubi, The Menu, made $9 million in its first frame. Number three, another newbie, The Chosen Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2, Fathom Event, made $8.2 million. Number four, Black Adam made $4.4 million, down 44%. It dropped 231 theaters. It's at $156.9 million in its fifth weekend. And rounding out your top five, Tickets of Paradise made $3.2 million, down 46%. It lost 365 theaters. It's at $61.5 million in its fifth frame. And Pat, right outside of this top five, mm-hmm. number six, She Said, made $2.2 million in its first frame. Wow. All right, let's 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 stick on that number six for a second. So She Said is the movie that you felt I was going a little hard on last weekend, going all in on. I would say I was vindicated by this result, $2.2 million. It cried macho, but I think that was always a slam doink. This it, was going to cry macho. No, this no, was make this under four million. Did not cry. Ma- I mean, cry macho would have been nice for this. This did not cry macho. It was a sub cry macho. It was a half a macho. Yeah, I mean, crying macho is around four point five million. This was a half a macho. Yes, and and, and it did not get chomped by Lyle Lyle Crocodile, which did. was number seven. Yeah, but that's dead IP. But that's, I mean, that's the thing, is that that's more of an indictment of Lyle yes. than anything. Yes, Lyle should have been able to beat She Said. Yeah. I mean, She Said, it was half a cry macho. It was not a Playmobil situation, mm. which, I mean, honestly, to me, that was at play. You know, She well, Said could have been in the million-dollar range and done Playmobil numbers. Well, that's why, I mean, I was on you for being harsh because that's what you were saying. I said I said, I said, said that I thought this movie was probably going to make two. I, I had it under two. 2.2 is way closer than that should have been. I mean, this movie cost $30 million. It's a big universal release. But, I mean, we, we were talking about the reasons why this did a half a cry macho on our preview episode. This movie just was not really for any audience. Mm -hmm. And Harvey Weinstein as the, basically as the IP or as the, the, the big known quantity in this movie is not something that any audience wanted more of. Well, so I did not see this film. Mm-hmm. I will see this film at some point. I will if, see this if, film. If I'm an looking Oscar forward player. to it. But we're we're coastal elites. Mm-hmm. And uh, supposedly, from the reviews, and this is not giving anything away, the Weinstein does not appear in this film. I mean, obviously not as himself, but he also does not appear physically in this film really at all. So he right. is kind of the quote unquote elephant not in the room. Right. Right. And I do think that's one of those things where. The the major villain mm-hmm. 
is not being shown. And that's not because of a stylistic choice. It's not Jaws. You're not saving Harvey Weinstein for the third act. Exactly. It is a choice of nobody wants to see this. Right. Nobody wants to see him in it in a in the way they did it in Bombshell where I, who was it Rupert Murdoch what, who was the yes, guy yeah you had Lithgow as yeah. as Roger Ailes Roger Ailes I'm sorry Roger yeah, yeah, Ailes yeah. Uh, Rupert Murdoch has never done anything wrong obviously um Roger Ailes uh you don't want that nobody right. wants that with Weinstein so I think that was an issue too right it is like Jaws without the shark at all right and this is not a case where the she said director was holding Harvey Weinstein out till the end because the Harvey Weinstein puppet kept malfunctioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this was just, he was never going to be part of the movie. But that could work if people have interest in even the villain that's not in the movie. Like the the, the movie that this gets compared to is All the President's Men, mm-hmm. a famous reporter's looking for a story movie. But in that movie, people cared about Nixon. Yes. Nixon was a very hot IP Mm -hmm. in the 70s in a way that right now Harvey Weinstein is not Nixon. People don't want anything to do with him. They're not interested. They don't want to see him. They don't want to not see him. They just don't want anything that even hints at him. Whereas all the president's men, people were all in on Nixon at that point. In the 70s, you couldn't get enough Nixon Love him. They love to hate him. Yes, yes. Weinstein is not a love to hate at this situation. At this, at this juncture, he's just like you said. If you went up to somebody and you asked them, "Do you want to not see Weinstein?" They would say, "I don't want to talk about it." Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Whereas in 1975, you ask people, "Do you want to not see Nixon?" They're like, "Yeah, three dollars, please," because that's Mm -hmm. how much a ticket would have been then. They go see all the president's men. Nixon's not in it, but he's in the background and they're loving it. Yeah. And that's the thing is like we are only talking about this as a film. Yes. We're not talking about this as what it was, which was, you know, reporters, you know, breaking a story, story, uncovering. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was all well and good. Right. That happened in the real world. A hundred percent. It's is this a movie subject? That people want to see. And we're seeing that this is such an extremely niche audience. Yeah. And by that, we're going to some demos here. Okay. Because you texted the me these demos. demos. The demos don't lie. Demos don't lie. You texted me these demos last night. Mm-hmm. And I, I spit out my sleepy time tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The demos for She Said, 62% women, 82% over 25, 59% over 35, 46% over 45. Did I say 45? No, it was 35 mm-hmm. was 59% over 35. Sorry. 46% over 45 mm-hmm. and 29% over 55. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. Yeah. It's a lot of fives in there. It's too. a lot of fives. Diversity demos, 68% Caucasian, mm-hmm. 15% Latino, Hispanic, 7% black, and 10% Asian. Like, that is so niche. Yes. White women over 25. Right, right. That's, and we're just talking about theater going. Right. And what makes theaters money. That is not a prime demo for a movie that's going to be a smash hit. Now, that could be an element of a demo. Women came out for Top Gun. 
women came out for Elvis mm-hmm. in those age groups. Nobody else came to see this movie. Right. And that's an issue. Right. That's why this movie can't – you take any of that if, – if something is 82% something, that is going to be extremely niche. Right, right. And, and the thing is there also was just not a movie star in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the difference with Bombshell. And Bombshell way underperformed for what it is. Yeah. But Bombshell was a movie that had Nicole Kidman and Charlize Theron and Margot Robbie. Yes. Had three legitimate movie star level actresses. And this movie does not have that. Zoe Kazan, great indie actress, very appealing, not a movie star. And Karen Karen Mulligan, to Oscar Nom Nom Noms, great actress, nowhere close to a movie star. So this movie had... A central villain IP that was not Nixon, not someone people wanted to see or even not see, mm-hmm. and it didn't have movie stars in the reporter roles. Yeah. So it was doomed. Listen, it's an Oscar play. If it gets Oscar nom nom noms, it still probably won't affect the box office because by that point, this movie will long have been on Peacock, but it'll put this back in the consciousness to some degree, if it gets nom nom noms. But I think this is a case where, you know, we're not Oscar prognosticators on this show. Maybe on other shows we will be. But I think this is a case where the bad box office will probably negatively impact its Oscar chances. I actually disagree with that because box office performance is not an indicator anymore of Academy success. Like, this movie mm-hmm. will do better on a streamer because there's posters everywhere yes. for it, right? Agreed. So we're talking about box office. It's positive that this was in theaters, mm-hmm. even if it did not do well. Because this movie, even though it has the stench of a loser, mm-hmm. as a film. As a film. As a real-life event, these reporters did great work, yes. of course. It was still released in 2,000-plus theaters. Right. Which means it's something. Mm-hmm. Which means it's not a kissing booth sequel on Netflix. Right. It means right. it's a legitimate movie. So more people will watch a legitimate movie even if it fails at the box office because it had a chance to fail at the box office. Right. Academy wise, again, not prognosticators on this podcast. This will not make any difference in its. I don't think so. If this is a movie people like and a movie that people who watch it for free at home on a screener like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it will do well in the academy awards yeah we'll see i mean i do agree this weekend basically amounted as a very expensive marketing campaign for its drop on peacock in three to four weeks yes so on that note it was successful on other notes not as successful a failure so let's then go to a movie that we both thought was going to be number two. We did. And for a while there, that was looking the case. This weekend, mm-hmm. The Chosen Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2, mm-hmm. was tracking at 10. It was. Going into Saturday, it was. Which would have been close to what I said, which was 9.5. It and would have been lower than my 12 to 13 that I ended up going with. Yes. I but, went a little high on this. And it's fine, but listen... This movie is still a success with $8.2 million. Yes. I mean, it's two episodes of a show that most people in the country don't even know how to access. Right, right. And it's the number three movie in America. Yeah. 
that is successful. Yes. So we we thought that this could maybe do. I didn't think it was going to do as good as the Christmas special, and I was correct. Mm-hmm. You thought it would do. Well, it did. It did bigger than bigger numbers than the the one weekend of the uh, the chosen Christmas special. That movie only made like three or four million in its oh, opening it, weekend. Oh, but it, it, in its run, it made. Oh, in its run, it made like thirteen million. Yes, but this is just the opening weekend of the chosen season three episodes one and two. Though I guess they probably won't keep running that because it will be on television soon. Though yes. who knows? This may be in the movie theaters next weekend. It just made what nine million dollars, eight million dollars. So. Mm-hmm. I bet you it'll get another weekend in theaters, even if it is on television. So I'm looking up that box office. Oh, you're right. So opening weekend was 4.2. So it did. It doubled. It basically yeah, it doubled. This is, yeah, this is huge. Uh, this is a huge number for The Chosen Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2, because they made those two episodes only intending them to be two episodes of a TV show. The yes. fact that it came out in theaters this weekend and made over $8 million is pure gravy. It's it's such a difference from when this doesn't happen anymore, but back in the day when they used to do pilot uh, episodes for TV shows and they would just put two episodes of a, of a, of a show that failed together mm-hmm. and call it a movie. Yes, yes. That used to be what happened to TV shows. Right, like right? what they did with the Cruel Intentions TV pilot. Yeah. And they, they ma- didn't pick it up, so they just took the two episodes they made and called it Cruel Intentions 2. Exactly, and then they just added some nudity to it. Yes, 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 which they didn't do with the shows in season three, episodes one and two, but that's because it they know it's going a full season. Exactly. So that is a, a great success, and I mean, saying that this was going to beat a major motion picture like The Menu mm-hmm. was a call that we made and it was looking like it was going to happen. And then reality did not match up with our expectations right. as happens sometimes. So with the chosen season three, episodes one and two, going into Saturday based on the Friday tracking, it seemed like it would come in a little higher than it did. So that means that the Saturday night and the Sunday weren't as big. There was a, a little bit of a drop off from what we thought it was going to do. What do you attribute that to? Why did the chosen season three episodes one and two not come in as high Saturday night and especially Sunday? Well, Saturday night mass mm-hmm. and Sunday morning mass, I okay. think is probably the case. Okay. I think there was a lot of mass going on in the the Hollywood reporters forgot about it. Yes. They thought, yes. oh, this is let's extrapolate this for these showings and these shows, and then they forgot. Guess what? The prime demo for this has a few masses they need to go to. Right, right. And right. I think that's what really did it. So that's why but Thursday during, and Friday night, they don't have masses to go to. Exactly. But, I mean, you could go to Friday night mass, but that's a little excessive. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to, if it continues, because we don't really know if it's going to have more days— I think it will because of this success. Right. These weekdays, I think, will do really well. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. movie is probably going to make more than the Christmas special by far right? because of these weekday sort of excursions. Mm-hmm. But parts of the weekend are for mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is mass adjacent, but it ain't mass. Right. You got to go to mass. Right, right. So th- this, this chosen season three, episodes one and two, 
had a bit of a disadvantage compared to usual movies because it's competing, its audience is competing with its most popular pastime, which mm-hmm. only takes place on the weekends. Exactly. I mean, that's like having a football movie during like a Super Bowl weekend or right. even like a, any football weekend. Right. It's right, going right. to get cut into by the actual product. Right. You put your football movies out in March. Now, Pat, with this win for mm-hmm. The Chosen, mm-hmm. Would you say, would you go on record as saying like the headline for this weekend would be Jesus, Savior of Many, defeats Godless New York Times? Um, I don't know. I feel like that's a long headline. Okay. I think. And also, I don't think the newspapers would choose to go that route. Okay. Um, I see where you're getting at. It makes some logical sense based on the placement of the box office, but I, I think it would be too long of a headline. Okay. And too anti-newspaper for a newspaper to put. True. You're right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it could be, that could be the, where I could see that is that is the headline in various uh, church pamphlets on the weekend where they're, you know, they're yeah. giving you some local news, telling you where the bake sale is taking place, where the donation box is going to be left you yes. know, for Christmas. That, you know, like a local church bulletin. Mm-hmm could very well have that as their box office headline. Yeah, the John the John the Baptist Times. Right, yeah. right. And they're like, as reported by the B.O. Boys on their latest episode. Pat Stango says. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they could quote us on that. Yeah. And yeah, that would be in there. Um, but yeah, I don't think in a newspaper they would do that. I don't see that in the rap, okay. for instance. But Jesus was beaten by mm-hmm. the menu. Yes, Jesus was eaten. Jesus was eaten. Yeah, yeah. The the body, yeah, the body of Christ was served up by Ray Fiennes in the menu. Also, too long of a headline. Too long of a headline. Yeah, but and probably too offensive for both newspapers and church bulletins. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So nine million. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what you said. Yes, I had it at. Maybe nine and a half, but yeah. I did have it in that $9 million range. This was, this is a pat myself on the back situation. I would say I kind of nailed this. Pat gets the pat. Yeah. Um, that's a good headline. You could go with Pat gets the pat. If, you, if you're doing a, a, a weekly report about our show, that would be a good headline. Pat gives himself a pat. The menu rose think, over the weekend. Yeah. I think it's, I think this is a good weekend for this movie i think this is a really solid opener for this type of movie because this is the genre that we always say has always had a tough time which is just dark comedy Mm -hmm. you know even in the heyday of box office in the 1990s your very bad things type of dark comedy was always a tough sell throw mama from the train yep yep i Uh, I mean drowning mona yes yes and i think this seems to be a very well-reviewed version of those movies, a classier version of those movies. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what helped it rise. It's got classy stars. Yes. You know, Ray Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy are very classy, well-known actors. And even Nicholas Holt is yep. British. And I think a movie that I brought up off mic after we finished which is not a perfect comp, but having talking Nicholas Holt does make me think the favorite. 
And again, I know The Favorite was an Oscar movie. It also was a movie that never had a big opening weekend. It just had a really long run. And and Yorgos Lanthimos is a name. He's like a name name artistic director. This menu, who directed the menu? I don't know. But he, I think that's a movie that, that's the one that really made him a name. Mm -hmm. And... That was a movie that never had a big opening weekend. It got it to like $40 million because it was just playing forever and got the Oscar nom nom noms. But I think this is in that vein of it may have had enough critical, solid critical reviews and have a catchy enough feel to it that it's going to catch on with real audiences. Not to make $100 million, huh? huh. This is not Ticket to Paradise, huh? huh. But... I think this opening weekend could set this up to be a movie that gets to $30 million if it really plays well. Well, now, Anthony D'Alessandro of Deadline mm-hmm. in his write-through, which is a must-read every, every weekend. weekend, he used your comp that you mentioned on the previous episode, Ready or Not, mm. and that this beat out Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on fire talking about the menu last weekend. You were. Now... I am less high on this. Okay. Because I still think this has a limited audience. But when you are saying 30 is the target for this, I'd say yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ready or Not legged out to 28.7. Mm-hmm. And if this opened bigger than that, which it did, mm-hmm. this thing could go to 30. Yeah. I think it's got. A higher ceiling than Ready or Not, because Ready or Not is still like a little more not low class of mm-hmm. a movie than the menu. And yes. I think the menu could reach adults who are, listen, they're back going to the movies for the right thing. They went for Maverick. They went for Elvis. Again, the menu is not trying to hit those heights, but it's trying to get a portion of the audience that would see those movies, just mm-hmm. adults. Yes, and I think that this is a movie that could be in some awards conversation the next few months. I could see it getting critic awards. I could see it being something talked about for a screenplay nom, nom, nom. Who knows? It'll be in those conversations possibly. And those conversations are the things that get adults out to see a movie like this in weekend three, in weekend six, in weekend eight. Yeah. And yeah, if this gets to 30 million dollars in this climate just an adult dark comedy i can't see how you don't chalk this up as another win for ray fines for anya taylor joy for them being people who can get people into a movie theater because they want to be seen and now according to these demos so 54 percent men mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well 65 of those between 17 and 34 that is a prime-ass demo. Oh, so they got the young men in there. The young men were interested in dark comedy. They were interested in, I'm just going to venture to guess, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And that is huge for this type of movie mm-hmm. because that's the audience that goes to a lot of movies, will recommend movies. That is a prime demo for this movie. So that bodes well for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Diversity, yeah, also not bad. 53% Caucasian, 20% Latino and Hispanic, 12% black, and 15 Asian. I mean, it's not great. But for this movie, that's, I mean, that's kind of like surprising that it's more diverse than you would expect. Here, Here's why I think that's but, the case. Leguizamo. Le- Leguizamo is huge. Yeah. he's a He is a... 
star who has been around for so long. Yes. He is just in the fabric of our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, John Leguizamo, House, House of Buggin. It is part of the fabric of America at this point. Mm-hmm. Movie audiences just know him yes. and feel comfortable with him. I think he's definitely a big help. And I think it's just the movie looks fun. It's yes. dark, but it looks the trailer worked. It promises a good time, not a slog, not mm-hmm. a not just an essay. Yeah. And I think that is, of course, always paramount to box office. Does it look fun? And I think that is always going to help you with with just diversity and getting different kinds of audiences in. Because one thing we all could agree on across races and creeds and genders is we all just want to have fun. Yes, absolutely. And Ray Fiennes is not playing Mario Batali mm-hmm. or not playing Mario Batali. Right. Right, right. The specter of Mauro Vitale is he's not the IP here. No. So that is positive. Yep. Now, let's see. Is there anything else we need to talk about in this top five? Oh, there is. Okay. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Second Weekend, mm-hmm. only dropped 63. Another pat on the back yeah. for Pat. I, I said 64, 65. I, basically, I was going on the low end of the drops because mm-hmm. we were saying. I was saying 68, 69. Yeah. yeah. So a, a pretty good hold. I mean, this movie had to have a tremendous drop because that is just what giant opening superhero movies do. Yes. It is what Spider-Man No Way Home with the three Spider-Men it had a 70% drop. That is just what happens. No matter even if the movie has legs for months, they have second weekend drops. And this is a pretty good one. Yeah, I'm trying to look at where it at, is at compared to the... Uh, I mean, a better drop than yeah. we've had with recent Marvel movies. It had a better hold than Thor Love and Thunder. It had a better hold than Doctor Strange in the Mouth of Strangeness. Yeah. So tw- 2% behind Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness at the same point in time. But, I mean, I think this movie, you know, has a chance to do really well domestically because there's... And we'll talk about this next episode. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing coming out that people want to see. And it is about to be Thanksgiving weekend, so that is going to help. Wakanda Forever is probably going to be a default number one pick for families and in-laws and, you know, kids who just want to get away from their family and their in-laws. Yeah. And, yeah, I think in the long run, Wakanda Forever is going to do better domestically than Thor Love and Thunder and... Doctor Strange, even if it didn't open as high as Doctor Strange. I think it's set up to have better legs. It's got Thanksgiving holiday. It'll get to Christmas holiday in a month. Yeah, and then Avatar was just going to sweep it off the face of the planet, but I think that's enough time to really rack up some dough. Right, and Christmas week is always kind to at least three movies, Mm -hmm. and if you look at what's going to be still in theaters that week, Wakanda Forever is going to be in that top three. Yeah. Of the big options for Christmas week. So I think it's still going to keep cleaning up there. This second weekend is a good sign that people like this movie. Yes. I mean, we this movie was incapable of dropping in the 50s or the 40s. That's not going to happen. It it opened too big. Yeah. And uh, 63, even though they wanted, like the target was 70 million, Mm -hmm. everybody was saying, 
that's I just think that's irrelevant. I don't think sixty seven million or seventy million makes a difference for this movie at mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. That percentage drop does. And it being in the low 60s is great for this film. Yes, yeah. So it it dropped $100 million, right, from its opening to its second weekend. That is the – Scott Mendelson uh, lovingly dubs that the $100 million Losers Club. Mm-hmm. Which which Reed called. He did call that. Yeah, yes, want to be a boy, boy Reed said yep. be in that Losers Club. Now, of course, the great Scott Mendelson, he says that with a wink and a smile because – most movies, almost any movie ever that has dropped $100 million from the first to the second weekend is a giant hit. Yes. And the only reason that happens is because it opened so enormously, it can't help but drop $100 million. Yeah. So he says losers would wink, a smile, quotations. All the asterisk. Asterisk, head nod, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Of course, these are not losers. Yeah. Fingers crossed behind his back. Yes. All that. Yes. So... Can I can I throw out one more movie that is in the top five that I just want to touch on real quick? Black Adam. Uh, we we here's, closed here's the why. I know casket we it, on Black Adam. But I was out this weekend with someone in the industry who reopened the casket just to make me look at what was in the casket. And okay. that was Deep Popcorn. All right. Now I'm listening. So I was with Deep Popcorn this weekend. He was giving me some major lowdown on some industry news. I cannot repeat it here. I'm sorry, but I protect our sources, and that's that. So mm-hmm. don't even write me about it. Yeah. But what he did say that I can talk about is he he took me out to the woodshed a little bit for defending Black Adam. All and right, what he all did right. say was Clayton was right. Clayton is to be vindicated. Why are you— uh, uh, you know, why are you sticking up for what Black Adam did at the box office? It it was a failure. He looked at me and he said, $67 million, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So I just had to put it out there, deep popcorn. He opened the casket to make me look at the at the corpse. And, and you saw it. You saw it for the I, first time. Yes. Okay. I saw it through clear eyes. I saw it through the eyes of an industry insider, deep popcorn. So what is Black Adam at now? What did it do this weekend? Well, now, um, th- I uh, let's see, because I lost internet really quickly, but we'll go down in the deadline article, and that'll say it. So it's at 156.9. Okay. So and this I is... think Shazam ended up with, what, 140, something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, last week, it it I, I'm seeing this movie more clearly through the eyes of others, because, mm-hmm. of course, last weekend we got a great – email that was making the comparison of Shazam and Black Adam's box office as if in the 80s the star of Herman's Head would have had a movie that did about as well as a Sylvester Stallone movie. Yeah. And when I heard that, of course, it made me realize... It shook you. It shook me. And now Deep Popcorn taking me to task, that shook me. I mean, Black Adam, it seems like it's going to top out at, what, 170 domestic? Oh, yeah, because think about this. Next weekend, when we're talking choices for movies, mm-hmm. it's not even in the top five mm-hmm. and probably very low top ten choice for movie to see. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a mess. It kind of came also – I do think the oh, – You're defending it again. No, no, Stop I'm not it. defending Stop it again. It. 
I, I you're saying it was slotted in a bad space. No, no, not even slotted in a bad space. I think that it's, it's dead, just Pat. a mess. It's, it's dead. just a mess. Here's another thing that came out this week that that makes it seem even more of a mess is Black Adam, because of The Rock, they got Henry Cavill to do a cameo in there. Mm-hmm. And at this point, there's no spoilers because no one's going to see this movie next yeah. weekend. If he's Superman in it. So he's Superman in it, with the idea being that that The Rock wanted to set up Him Black Adam. beating Superman's ass. Beating Superman's ass. Henry Cavill was okay with, you know, pay me, pin me. Yeah, he'll take that check. He'll take that check and he'll take that beating in the movie. But the news is starting to get around. There is no deal for Henry Cavill to be in any more Superman movies, to play Superman again. There's not actually pen to paper. They got him in the Black Adam movie. And then, of course, DC totally changed its leadership structure. James Gunn got brought in to run DC Films. And it's starting to seem like there will never be Henry Cavill playing Superman again in a movie. It's They're not going to go that way, which, again, really does throw more dirt on this whole The Rock, Black Adam, taking over DC side plot. That is not going to happen. If a contract for Henry Cavill to reprise his role as Superman comes across James Gunn's desk, mm-hmm. he's going to slide that thing right across it into the trash. Okay. He doesn't even look at it. Okay. Someone says, hey, this is that, uh, you know, how uh, Henry Cavill wants $40 million right off the desk okay. into the trash. Okay. Boom. Boom. Not even – next. What's right. next? Get me Cena on the phone. Right. I got lunch with Batista and I got lunch with Cena. Right. Three guys gonna wolf down some food at a at a at a whatever big Hollywood eatery. What Le would Cirque, be a, yeah. Le Cirque? There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Boom! Right off his desk. Not even looking at it. Right. He doesn't right. even look down. Right. He doesn't even look down. Right. And he right in the garbage. He nails it. Right in the garbage. He nails it. And he and he says to the person who gave him, he's like, "That's not about you. It's about something else." Right. Because I respect you. Okay. As so he's a good who's guy. Part of the team. Yes. Yeah. Everybody is part of the team. You're part of the team. Do you want to come to lunch with me and CNN Batista? Come to lunch with me. That, that's really nice. That's very nice. That's yeah. what he's doing. That's nice. And Henry Cavill, though, is not going to be part of that team. No. Oh, not at all. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's not been a good month for Black Adam between its performance at the theater and Henry Cavill not getting actually signed to be Superman. Because they really went into this Black Adam thinking Black Adam was taking over DC Films. Mm-hmm. And it is pretty clear that is not what's happening. Well, all the Super Pets are dead. Yes. The Super, super Pets, pets are, are dead. dead and yeah. Black Adam is dead. Yeah. 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 Go it's... join Lyle. Lyle might have some fun chomping on some Super Pets. Do you... Outside of the gates of Hollywood. What is a dead or IP? And be honest here. And I know you're anti The Rock, but Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile, or Black Adam starring The Rock? Which Dude, is dead? no lie, Black Adam. And it's because The Rock plays him. Wow. You're not going to recast Black Adam with anybody. Wow. I honestly believe that. Wow. And I gave it a lot of thought. Even though it seemed like I came out with that answer very quickly, my brain works that fast. Right. Honestly, Black Adam. Black Adam is dead. And it's because The Rock plays him. Wow. I mean, you could see... Listen, Lyle Crocodile is dead IP. We killed it. They're both dead. It's just who's deader. 
Because at least La La Crocodile, you could see them resurrecting it for some kind of Netflix cartoon. Oh, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Whereas Black Adam, they probably won't even put it in some kind of DC animated series that'll get canceled before it goes to HBO Max because they're just not even going to want to open that can of worms. Yeah, I mean, there may be, listen, this is where it gets tricky, is that there may be a Black Adam in a cartoon, but it's not going to be based on The Rock. It's not going to be that Rock's Black Adam. And those cartoons don't get theatrical releases, so they don't count. Right, right, right. We're talking theatrical. Theatrical IP, they're equally dead. Lilo Crocodile and The Rock Black Adam, those are equally dead. dead. Wow. And if you would have told us that a couple months ago, we would have... Our heads would have been spinning. I mean, listen, there was a point in this very studio. We talked to Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co. doing our fall preview episode. Mm -hmm. We all were talking about Black Adam as a movie that would open to 90 or $100 million. It opened, of course, famously to $67 million. Um, So you talked to us at that fall preview and you were to say, is Black Adam a dead IP? Listen, we weren't going to resort to violence. We're not going to do that. But we would have laughed you out of the studio. Mm -hmm. Like laughed so hard it would have been scary and you would have laughed. It would have felt violent. It would have felt violent. But it just would have been laughs, okay? But we would have laughed you out of the studio. And just to bring this all full circle because we definitely need to not talk about Black Adam anymore. Yeah, yeah. Black Adam's opening weekend, Mm -hmm. 67 million, same amount as Wakanda Forever's second weekend. So, yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. That's damning. That's damning. Yeah. Well, Pat, is there any other movie mm-hmm. that we need to talk about? I don't think so. I mean— I think Paradise is going to—you picked Paradise to go over Black Adam this weekend. It's definitely going to be next weekend. Like okay. I said, I think that happens. Paradise is going to be Black Adam this coming weekend, which we will get to in our preview. And boy, howdy, we got a lot of movies to talk about. Yes. Second week in a row that we have three big movies opening, mm-hmm. or at least going wide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going to do a earlier drop for our weekend preview episode because Wednesday is when a lot of these movies are opening. So we're going to get it out there. By Wednesday. That is, the, that is the plan right now. Oh, yeah. We, people reading. need to be locked and loaded for their Thanksgiving weekend. They need to know what to see and what not to see. Yeah. Or, you know, they just need to know what's coming out. Yes. Yes. Well, very exciting. I think we did it for today, though, Clayton. We did do it, Pat. And uh, where can they find us? You could find us on email. Email us at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. We love reading your emails, love reading your predictions, your analysis, your boots on the ground reporting. So want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old people. people. Email us at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. And now, Pat, while Twitter is still active, mm-hmm. where can they find us on that dying platform? So until it dies, and listen, we don't follow the news. All we know is it's under new management, and we hear that the new management is not doing great mm-hmm. at Twitter. But we're still there. Our wannabeo intern, Christopher, is there killing it with the audiograms, killing it with the tweets. At our current Twitter handle, at the B.O. Boys Pod, that's where you could find us. We are accepting bids for new social media platform homes. 
So wannabeo intern Christopher, he's going to be sorting through those bids. I think he should have a pretty big say in that decision. He's going to be on it. Yeah, he'll be on it. He'll be creating the content for it. So I would say he has earned at least 9% of the input for that final decision. Yes. Yeah. So he's earned that. He'll get 9% of the input and do 100% of the work. So we don't know what that platform is going to be yet. We're taking bids. Send us your bids at the Podcast at gmail.com email. But for now, follow us on the dying platform of Twitter at the Pod. Nice. Well, Pat, I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it.